Welcome to bonus episode one of Errant Adventures. I'm your game master and solo player, Steve Morrison. And in this bonus episode, I'll be walking through session zero of my Starforged campaign. We'll set truths for the campaign world, build a character, and frame the sector where our campaign begins. If you're interested in learning more about Starforged, you can visit ironswornrpg.com. All right, let's get into some world building. I am basically going to just walk through pretty quickly and roll on all the different truth categories and just kind of bippity bop my way through as quickly as possible. So on the first one, which is for the cataclysm, uh, let's see, I've got a 61, uh, which is we were united in the prolonged war against an implacable foe, but our defeat was at hand. And then it gives me an option to see who our foe was gonna roll on that and uh 58 okay so i just barely sneaked into the genetically engineered soldiers so i'm gonna highlight that and then i'm just gonna skip on to the next one for the exodus i rolled a 76 which is going to be mysterious alien gates provided instantaneous one-way passage to the forge interesting and uh then we move on to the next one which will be communities so again, I'm just rolling straight for all these. Uh, it's just going to be 41. So it's going to be dangers abound, but there is safety in numbers. Many ships and settlements are united under the banner of one of the founder clans. Oh, interesting. So there's going to be something like civilization here, which is good, provided you know we're part of that civilization in some meaningful way or maybe uh, that's part of the adventure is us not being part of that civilization but we'll find out we'll move on to iron next and roll an 85 iron totems represent our connection to the universe okay move on to laws next got a two so much of the settled domains are a lawless frontier Criminal factions and corrupt leaders often hold sway. Interesting. So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, communities that are uni- united under uh, sort of a single founder clan banner can also involve that much lawlessness. And then we'll move on to religion. Got an 18. So our gods failed us. We left them behind. Not a whole lot of religion going on here. Or maybe we... Uh, Maybe we discovered some new gods. Okay, so if we don't have any religion, do we have magic? Supernatural powers are wielded by those rare people we call paragons. Okay, so maybe more of uh, like divine magic left over from the uh, the departure from our previous galaxy, rather than like arcane magic, which could be interesting. And who knows, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's no arcane magic out there. just means that uh, it's not something that is popularly held. So the next section will be communication and data. 
I've got a 40, which is going to take me into Information is Life. We rely on a guild of space-bound couriers, the Heralds, to transport the messages and data across the vast distances between settlements. Interesting. And also a potential uh, character idea. I think it might be interesting to try playing one of these Heralds and uh, maybe see what uh, what messages we can transport and find out if uh, if we successfully get them where they need to go. Let's find out what kind of medicine there is in the forge. Ooh, 98. The Menders are an order of sworn healers who preserve our medical knowledge and train new generations of caregivers. All right, so here's another potential for a character as well, which is good. So I'm going to go ahead and bring that over. I think for me personally, I think I'm probably a little bit more drawn towards being like a, a scout or messenger or something like that than a healer, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. So let's see what artificial intelligence. 43. The vestiges of our advanced machine intelligence is coveted and wielded by those in power. Oh, okay. And what are we feeling about war? What is it good for? 31. Here in the forge, resources are too precious to support organized fighting forces or advanced weaponry. Okay, so there's not a whole lot of organized military here. Okay. All right, what about precursors? Do we have any precursors in uh, the forge that came before us? 83. The Ascendancy, a highly advanced spacefaring empire, once ruled the entirety of the forge. Ooh, I do love a good ancient civilization lost to the ravages of time. So then that may be another another character idea would be somebody who is researching these uh the ascendancy. I'd be okay with that. All right, life forms. Let's see what kind of life there is in the forge. 82. Life in this galaxy is abundant but often corrupted. Many sites and planets are overrun by dreadful forge spawn. Ooh, that doesn't sound exciting. Sounds like a bad day. And finally, what kind of horrors are there? Four. Put enough alcohol in a spacer, and they'll tell you stories of ghost ships crewed by vengeful undead. It's nonsense. All right. Is it, though? Is it really nonsense? I guess we'll find out. Somewhere out there in the forge. So, yeah, basically, I'm... Oftentimes when I when I've done the Iron Sworn uh truths, I have gone through and you know, maybe rolled on some or picked out the ones that sounded the best to me and you know, tweaked them a little bit, added to them. But for this I'm just gonna like I said, I'm just basically rolling and going straight through and taking what I've got. So now I'm going to move on to character creation, and uh, we're going to see what we get. So I'm human. That's good. Good to know. Uh, we're going to start by uh, choosing two paths. All right. So I'm going to scroll. I'm going to get over to my paths, and I'm just going to read them off and then kind of jump right out. I'm also going to go back to that truth about the communication. Let's see. Information is life. We rely on a guild of space-bound couriers called the Heralds. So there are some like 
character generation six uh, advice in here as well. So uh, if you're an expert at subverting or manipulating digital information systems, you might be an infiltrator. If you keep an archive of navigational charts, you might be a navigator. Okay. I'll keep that in mind as we go through the list of paths. So the first one on the list is Ace. Then there's Agent, Archivist, Armored, Augmented, Blade Master, Bounty Hunter, Brawler, Devotant, Diplomat, Explorer, Gearhead, Gunner, Gunslinger, Healer, Kinetic, Loyalist, Naturalist, Navigator, Scavenger, Scoundrel, Sharpshooter, Slayer, Tech, Traitor, Vestige, Veteran, Voidborn uh, is the last one. So I think the Navigator definitely jumped out at me because I'm, I'm thinking of this character as potentially being one of these heralds who's also a little bit of an explorer as well. So I could see like Navigator and Ace if I was going to go for a straight up like uh, basically just stuck in my ship for most of the uh, most of the time. But uh, I don't know. Let's take a look at the first ability on each of those. So when you set a course, choose one. Follow the fastest path. Take plus two momentum on a hit. Follow the safest path. Add plus one. On a strong hit with a match, you charted a new path during the journey. Mark one tick on your discoveries legacy track. All right, so that could be interesting if I'm focusing more on the like going back and forth as a messenger. For the ace, when you face danger or react under fire by guiding your vehicle through a hazard or out of harm's way, add plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit. So this is definitely much more if you're piloting, uh, if you're focusing on piloting. Uh, but I'm also wondering about maybe combining a couple of the other options. So like maybe doing archivist, you're the bearer of a digital archive of specialized knowledge. When you secure an advantage or gather information using lore recalled from your studies, add plus one. If you have an ample time to search the archive, add plus two. On a hit, envision the obscure but helpful knowledge you put to use. Uh, ask the Oracle of Unsure and take plus one momentum. So that might be interesting if I'm like bopping around, transporting mes messages, but also exploring the uh, information about the Ascendancy. Or I could just go straight Explorer. When you explore a waypoint, take plus one momentum on a hit. When you finish an expedition and score a hit, mark one extra tick on your Discovery's Legacy track. Well, I think I am going to go ahead and do the... Um, I'm going to combine Navigator. I'm going to do Navigator, and I'm going to do Archivist. So I'm exploring and also doing a little bit of research. So Archivist and Navigator. We'll see how those turn out. Could be a terrible decision, but if it is, I'll just come back and make another character. Next, create a backstory. So your character is a person with few ties to others, forges a vast galaxy, and your former home, if you had one, has lost you. Okay, so there's some prompts here. So I'm just going to roll on the prompts and continue, continue that and uh, kind of generate from there. So I got four. You abandoned your kin after learning a troubling truth. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and make a note of that. 
abandon your kin after learning a troubling truth. What was that truth? Don't know yet, but uh, we may that may become part of what my background vow is. Step four, write your background vow. Next, you'll envision and mark down a background vow to represent a primary motivation or ultimate goal. Consider what you know of the setting and your character thus far. What nagging ambition, aching need, or sacred commitment derives you? This is your background vow. This vow is part of your character's history, sworn months ago or years ago. It can be tied to your backstory or represent a deeper, lifelong goal. So if I am some sort of herald uh, messenger who is also seeking out information about the uh, ascendancy, what could my family, uh, my kin, what troubling truth about my kin might be connected to one of those things? Uh, and I might want to bring in something like AI in this. So the vestiges of our advanced machine intelligence is coveted and wielded by those in power. Much of our AI technology was lost in the Exodus. What remains is under the control of powerful organizations and people, and is often wielded as a powerful weapon or deterrent. The rest of us make do with primitive systems. Okay, and then going back to the precursors, uh, let's see, the Ascendancy... Planet-side ruins and space-bound derelicts of the Ascendancy hold ancient technologies and dangerous knowledge. What became of that great civilization in this perilous place? Is their fate to be our own? Okay, so what if uh, my character's family is some sort of family in power, and the AI that they control is not actually an AI that we, uh, humanity, created, but is actually salvaged from an ascendancy ruin and hmm, how would that be how can i turn that into like an actionable an actionable thing based off of that troubling truth uh maybe that ai okay here it is so my family's ai is actually an ancient ascendancy ai that has achieved sentience and is attempting to guide the fate of mankind when I tried to warn my kin, they would not listen about the dangers, fearing the AI's wrath, I fled. I must discover a way, I don't know, do I want to set this up as contradictory to it? How about this? I must discover what path this ancient AI intends for mankind. And those answers may be found amidst ascendancy ruins. Yeah, I like that. So my family's, so the, the background vow is going to be, my family's AI is actually an ancient ascendancy AI that has achieved sentience and is attempting to guide the fate of mankind. When I tried to warn my kin... They would not listen about the dangers. Fearing the AI's wrath, I fled. I must discover what path this ancient AI intends for mankind, and those answers may be found amidst Ascendancy Ruins. So it's an epic quest uh, to try and uh, see if this AI holds positive things for mankind, or perhaps nefarious things. We will find out. Or maybe not. Who knows? All right, now I get a starship. I do 
Love a good starship. All right, so I get to take the command vehicle asset. All right, so I have my starship. I am flying alone. Give the starship a history. So again, I'm just going to roll on the chart here and see what happens. 35. Earned in exchange for a promise or vow. Oh boy. Okay, so uh, starship earned in exchange for a promise or vow. Uh, that may end up being my initial, my first vow. So I'll just make a little note of that so that when we come around to actually making a first vow, we can think about that and uh, see what happens. All right, I'm going to roll again on the Envision the Starship and see what happens. 93. Thrusters rotate for takeoff and landing. Okay. And then the second thing is going to be two. A bridge is filled with buttons, toggles, and gauges, many of which don't seem to do anything. <laughs> Fun. All right. They don't seem to do anything, and this is an important distinction. All right. Finally, give the ship a name and write that name on the asset card. If you're stuck for a name, save it for later. You can also roll on the Starship Names Oracle. Well, let's see if we can find that. So let's go ahead and go for theme. I'm going to roll on the theme. I got a six, which is barrier. Um, okay, so being a lover of ancient history, uh, when I think barrier... Couple, couple great walls uh -huh, come to mind, but uh, I'm going to go with Hadrian. So I'm going to, I'm going to name the ship uh, the Hadrian, or just Hadrian. Should it be Hadrian's something, like Hadrian's Folly, or um, I don't know, Hadrian's Folly sounds fun. So I'm going to throw Hadrian's Folly on there. All right, now I can. Now I'm going to choose my final asset. Now that your ship is ready, you can pick one final asset. This time, you aren't limited to picking a path. You can choose the asset from any of the following categories. Module for the ship, support vehicle for a secondary vehicle, uh, a companion, or another path. All right. So, go back and look at my assets. Uh, do I want my ship to be upgraded? I feel like that might be a good idea. Uh, it would be interesting to do the Overseer, to have a, an AI module. I know it. I think that is something I'm going to work towards because I don't know at this point, obviously, if the Ascendancy AI is going to be some sort of villainous figure in this adventure or if it's going to be something more uh, beneficial. So I'm going to leave that open because who knows? Maybe someday I will get a, a segment of that AI as part of my ship. That would be cool. So I'm going to scroll down and take a look at support vehicles. Uh, so I could do stuff like, you know, ex an exosuit or a shuttle or a snub fighter. Um, I'm picturing my ship as being a little bit smaller anyways. So I think having a snub fighter doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What about a companion? combat bot might be interesting since I am a little bit more geared towards 
like knowledge, having a protector bot that follows me around. I kind of like that idea. So I'm going to go with that. And I suppose, uh, so when you enter the fray in personal combat with your bot at your side, add plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit. Then if you strike, aided by your bot, add plus one. If you clash, take plus one momentum on a hit. Cool. And I'll come up with a name for uh, my combat bot uh, later. For now, let's finish off the character and uh, set our stats. So we have five stats. Each is given a value from one to three. Start uh, or To start, arrange these values across your five stats in any order. Three, two, two, one, one. So edge is quickness, agility, and prowess when fighting at a distance. Heart is courage, willpower, empathy, sociability, and loyalty. Iron is physical strength, endurance, aggressiveness, prowess when fighting at close quarters. Shadow is sneakiness, deceptiveness, and cunning. And wits is expertise, knowledge, and observation. So that makes it pretty easy. I'm going to go ahead and put the three in wits. Seems pretty straightforward. I am going to put one in iron because I don't picture this character as being all that physically strong. I am going to go for one in shadow as well. I think part of why they got uh, sort of run off from their kin is because they weren't all that adept at being deceptive and, and cunning around around the people that they needed to. And then uh, that will put a two in heart and a two in edge. Set our condition tracks. So a health, spirit, and supply are all at plus five. Starting momentum is at plus two. And I've uh, got those all set. So now we can start by defining one or two facts of their physical look, how they act, and what they wear. Uh, we don't need much details at this stage discover the nuances of character through play. So I think for look, uh, I think this character is going to be male. Uh, so uh, let's see. I'm envisioning him as being a little bit younger on the younger side. Um, so let's say uh, he's got kind of short, sandy blonde hair. He has a uh, tattoo of an ascendancy uh, symbol on his left forearm. He's earnest and inquisitive and determined. And he wears uh, probably kind of casual clothes. I'm picturing him having like a, a jumpsuit that he wears that has a number of pockets that he has like notebooks or whatever sort of um, whether it's digital or physical that he can like take notes on and uh, that he can put various like pieces of. Uh, information tech in so notebooks data strips whatever info tech he carries around so we need to come up with a name um hmm 
Well, since the ship's name is Hadrian's Folly, uh, I'm kind of tempted to keep it in that sort of Romanesque state. Hermes or Mercury, that might be a little on the nose with the uh, possibility of being a messenger. So what are, let's see, Roman uh, explorers. Uh, let's try that. Yeah, Strabo. Uh, let's see. Maybe I will try the oracles for a different game. Ooh, 100. Oakland. That's, that's wild. Oakland. 68. 12. Nope. I'm kind of... Uh, my, so my other thought is to go something along the lines of like Tarquin. Going off the idea of him coming from some family in power. So like his last name is Tarquin. Uh, we could go with Luke. Lucius. Lucius Tarquin. That's a... It's a significantly, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a mood. Lucius Tarquin goes by Luke. Let's go with it. Uh, pronouns are he, him. And uh, the rest will come as we play. Okay, so for gear, uh, spacer kit has uh, sealed viro suit lights. Toolkit, medkit, personal, com. And then personal items. So make note of any specific gear which represents an important aspect of your character's approach, capabilities, and background. Keep this list short, around four or five items at most. Character sheet has space at the bottom to write down any notable gear. Your assets in particular can influence the gear you envision your character having at the ready. Also consider the object you swear iron vows upon. What is the object's history and why is it important to you? All right, so I think for sure he has some sort of data system. So you bear, uh, you're the bearer of a digital archive of specialized knowledge. So the, let's say um, he has the uh, Tarquin data registry is one of his personal items. Um, he has the combat bot, so he doesn't necessarily need, uh, you know, a whole lot of like weapons or anything like that. Um, all right. So in fact, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like it might be interesting if he doesn't have any weapons to start and he is, uh, well, but then again, we have the truth about much of settled domains are a lawless frontier. So I feel like if you don't have weapons when you're kind of flying around, especially if you're transporting messages, then you are probably in danger of having those uh, things taken away from you. So let's say he's got the bot. He's got a... Uh, so I'm going to say he has a... Uh, we'll, we'll call it a pulse pistol. Well, that sounds fun. And... He has a set of fancy clothes because he does come from a little bit of wealth and he probably carries those in case he needs to go to some sort of meeting. And then um, he has, uh, we'll say, repair kit for the the bot. 
and that's probably good for now. And then uh, what does he have uh, that he swears? Uh, let's go back and look at the iron truth. Iron totems represent our connection to the universe. In the early days of our people, an iron vow was a promise to ancient gods. Today we recognize iron as a fundamental element of the universe. It is in the stars. It is in the mantle and core of the worlds we make our home. We craft it into the simplest of tools and mightiest of starships. It is even in our blood. We carry iron totems and swear vows upon them to honor our legacy and show a commitment to things larger than ourselves. All right. So I think because one of the things that you do as you're playing is uh, you gain your totem eventually. Uh, so that I'm, I'm going to say that's probably a totem of some other, like that's that's your totem. So he is carrying a uh, Tarquin heirloom. It is a piece of uh, iron from an ascendancy dig. Maybe one of his parents is more involved in ascendancy research. And so uh, it's a piece of iron. Maybe he doesn't know what it is, uh, what it does yet, but uh, that's what he swears uh, his vows on. And that is Lucius or Luke Tarquin. And we'll see what, uh, what trouble he gets into. Uh, in this uh, portion, I'm going to create a uh, sector uh, as part of the new kind of released rules. So we're just going to kind of walk through this, uh, see what happens. So a sector is a, settle, uh, is a settled or explored area of space. So I'm going to uh, walk through the process of creating a basic sector for the beginning of my campaign with uh, my character Lucius Tarquin, who I created in the last session. And uh, yeah, we're just going to kind of keep walking our way through. So the forge is a, a vast galaxy, uh, so we're going to choose a region. There are four regions to choose from. There's the terminus. Settlements are relatively common here. Space-bound routes between communities are usually well-charted. Outlands. Uh, this region represents an area of recent expansion. Settlements here are scattered, and navigational paths are often uncharted and perilous. Expanse. Only a few bold pioneers have delved these far-flung reaches, and then the void. In the reaches beyond the forge, isolated stars are separated by vast gulfs of nothing. Travel and settlement here is impractical, if not impossible. So I think I'm probably, because my character is kind of on the run from a uh, potentially dangerous uh, artificial intelligence that he tried warning his family about, uh, I think I'm going to push it to the Outlands, and uh, I think that makes sense to me. So it's kind of on the outer edge of settled space, but uh, it is still kind of within the scope of settlement. We'll go ahead and record that. Okay, so that's step one. All right, determine the number of settlements. So for the Outlands, there are going to be three settlements. Easy enough. This doesn't re represent a standard for how you'll populate other sectors as you explore the forge. It just gives us something manageable for this exercise. So other sections of the 
outlands might have more settlements or fewer settlements. We won't know until we explore. So now we're going to generate settlement details. So we're going to put a marker in this page so you can come back to it and jump to the settlement oracles. Uh, for each of the settlements in your starting sector, roll on the following tables. Location, population, authority, settlement projects, roll one to two times, and settlement names. All right, so we've got uh, first location. So I rolled 36, which is going to be planet side. Population. Let's go ahead and take a look at what our population is going to be like. So I rolled a 12 on my oracle, uh, which looks like it's a few. Okay, so it's going to be a pretty small population. And then uh, for the authority, five, none or lawless. Okay, that's good. It's going to be like a border town. And settlement projects, 74, shipbuilding, interesting. And 33, which is going to be expansion. Now I need... A name. So I'm going to go ahead and roll. 65. Rampart. Ooh, that's a good one. I like it. Rampart. Perfect. All right. So that is one for the second one. All right. Let's do it again. So location 74. Orbital. Perfect. So orbital. Population. 76, which is going to be in the thousands, so some sort of space station. Authority, 33. Tolerant. Okay. Settlement projects. Four, agriculture. Interesting. An orbital space station that focuses on growing things. And 31, evacuation. So maybe it's a an orbital space station, uh, an orbital station that is in a decaying orbit or something like that. 87 for the name, which is going to be Threshold. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. I love it when the oracles come together like that and make just, you know, an interesting little tidbit. All right, so for the third one, our location is... 96, deep space. Okay, so we, we've got one location for each of the kind of options, or one, one option for each of the locations, which is awesome. So population, 5200s, okay. Authority, 93, oppressive. <laughs> oh, good. That's That just sounds... Uh, Sounds like it's going to be fun. And their projects are 93 again, warfare. Okay, that's that's great. And 39, festival. Interesting. Okay, I really hope that we get a really, really tasty name for this one. 46, lodestar. All right. Very, very interesting. 
So those are my three settlements for uh, my three starting settlements for the Outlands. Uh, now it's time to move on to generating planets. Uh, if any of the settlements are located on a planet or in orbit around a planet, yes and yes, you can identify and name the planet to help flesh out the nature of the location. So we're going to roll once uh, for the basic type. So go find that oracle. This is the, the space juice that I needed. All right. So planet type. Here we go. For the first one, which is our planet side, uh, few population, no uh, authority, or at least a lawless authority, and the shipbuilding and expansion. Eight. It is a desert world. Okay. That'd be fun. For the station that is in orbit, got 97. A tainted world. Perfect. So now we know, I think, what the evacuation is. Uh, people are trying to evacuate from the tainted world onto the station. Or that's, that's a possibility anyways. Okay, so we've got that basic type for each of those. And then the next one, we're going to generate stars. If you'd like to know the nature of the primary stars, these settlements and planets orbit, go to page... Uh, and roll once for each settlement. This will usually just add a bit of scenery for these locations. All right, sure. Let's uh, generate a star for these. Why not? So for our... Okay, for our desert world, I rolled a 99, which is an artificial star constructed by a long-dead civilization. Yes, please. Perfect. I love that. And for our Tainted World, uh, let's see, 80, a neutron star surrounded by intense magnetic fields. Groovy. And let's go back here and uh, move on to the map of the sector. So one important note, keep it simple. Easy enough for me, I'm not an artist. The forge is vast. Dense stellar clouds, complex star systems, and chaotic energy storms make charting and navigation difficult. As you explore the galaxy, you'll mark down important locations, such as settlements or interesting discoveries. Everything else is abstracted or ignored. Alright, so uh, to start, arrange your settlements on the map however you like. The grid isn't meant to track literal distances, but can be used as an abstract representation of whether locations are clustered together or remote from each other. Dots or circles for settlements work fine, or you can utilize your own visual clues for location types. In the example below, an orbital settlement is a circle with an arrow, planet side is a circle with a plus sign, and deep space settlement is a square. Yeah, that seems pretty straightforward. So I am going to take a look at the sector workshop, uh, worksheet and I'm just going to make a, a little drawing on here and we're going to, I'm going to set the sort of deep space section on the far right side of my map. I'm going to put the uh, desert planet kind of somewhere in the middle of the map. Yeah, that works. And then uh, the orbital station will do close to the desert planet, just like a couple hexes away. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, that's not terrible. And uh, I'll go ahead and set my names in here as well. So the deep space uh, was Lodestar. I got Lodestar. I have Rampart for the desert world. And then we've got Threshold for the orbital station. Perfect. Next, we're going to create passages. Define which passages are available in your sector. A passage is a charted route between locations. Spacers rely on these known routes for travel and trade. From a gameplay perspective, following a passage allows you to quickly resolve the outcome of a journey with a single roll of the dice using set a course. If you're traveling uncharted paths through space, you will instead undertake an expedition. This gives the journey and its perils greater focus. In exchange, you can earn experience for a successful expedition. Plus, you'll create a new passage which you, and perhaps others, can use to speed your way along the same path in the future. I imagine in in my idea of this character being, or joining at least at the beginning of the campaign, the heralds, these messengers who uh, travel around, that I'm going to do a fair amount of pursuing uncharted paths to try and get from one planet or one sector to another pretty quickly. So we're going to go ahead and we have two passages in the outlands. We're going to mark the passages now. So we're going to draw the passages as lines on your sector map. Each passage should do one of two things. Connect two settlements or connect a settlement to the edge of your sector map. In this example, for a sector in the Outlands, we've drawn a passage between Amity and Bleakhold. Second passage. Okay, so that makes sense to me. I'm going to draw a line uh, from uh, Threshold to uh, Rampart. Just a simple line from Threshold to Rampart. That's one. And then I'm actually going to take threshold and I'm going to take that up towards the top of the hex grid. And that will be the second one that will be leaving this, uh, this sector. And uh, Lodestar is kind of out there on its own in deep space. And we don't have a known route to that, which I think makes narrative sense. Now we're going to zoom in on a settlement. Help to provide some additional details for one of the settlements in your starting sector. You might begin the campaign in the midst of a layover or just arriving there as your story opens. Choose one of the settlements in your starting sector, whichever is most interesting to you. Then return to the settlement oracle starting on page blah blah and roll on the following tables. First look and settlement trouble. Okay, so I think it makes sense to me to have... Uh, I'm, I'm definitely thinking of starting on threshold seeing as it's a little bit of a larger system there's more going up potentially going on but i really really like the idea of rampart with the like lawless authority and uh, shipbuilding and expansion and i'm wondering if maybe that would be the better one to start with because in my i'm gonna go back and reference my character as part of my getting my starship, it was earned in exchange for a promise or a vow. And I was definitely thinking that it was going to be somewhere in the line of my first vow. And maybe it's also my first 
task as a herald and it's some sort of message that needs to get to maybe somebody who's involved in this shipbuilding that's going on on Rampart. So uh, maybe the, the first sort of adventure will be arriving at Rampart and you've got the desert world, you've got the artificial star constructed by a long dead civilization. It's probably the ascendancy, which then is even more interesting for uh, Luke to uh, go take a look at. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go there. So I think that makes the most sense to me. I kind of talked myself out of threshold as the super exciting option which is all right. That's sometimes you just got to talk through the options and uh, see where they lead you. So for this, we're going to do uh, first look, we're going to roll one to three times, and then we're going to roll a settlement trouble. And then since the settlement is planet side, uh, you can also expand your understanding of that planet. Go to the appropriate planet type and roll on the following tables. So let's go ahead and do our first look. Go over to our oracles again, and all right, so first look, we're going to do a couple of those. So the first one is 12, built from random scrap. That makes sense. Perfect. Next one, 91, uh, descriptor or a focus. So this is pushing me towards another oracle. And uh, so I'm going to go up to the descriptor and roll on that. Four. Advanced. Okay. Interesting. So built from random scrap, but also somehow advanced. And for the final one, we've got 89. Within amongst precursor ruins. Well, isn't this just perfect? With in or among precursor ruins which makes sense if it's advanced that maybe they're using that in some way and then for the trouble that's happening in the settlement 76 so we've got toxic waste pollution interesting so i'll go ahead and mark that down and then we're going to go over to the desert world and see what we've got for that I love these little like tables and charts that you can roll on and just the way that these things come together is is really it's elegant. It really is. All right. So the atmosphere is 13 toxic. Great. Probably why only a few people live here. Then uh, let's see. Observed from space. We're going to do a couple of these. 77 vast plateaus. Okay. 44. Perpetual Daylight. Just sounding more and more like a place you want to visit. And then for our closer look, 56 Sprawling Caves. Okay. 17. Okay, now that's interesting. Fleeting Rainstorms and Flash Floods. So even though it's a desert world, even even the desert gets rain now and again. And when it does, the land is not equipped for it. And then the last first look, or closer look, is 29, Rampaging Whirlwinds. Delightful. Okay, so that's our, uh, that's our look at the planet as is. Now if we go back to our settlement here, so we, we zoomed in on it, we got uh, a number of pieces of information about it, which is fun. 
And, uh, and then we are going to move on to creating a local connection. And I think it makes sense for this to be the person that uh, Lucius Luke Tarquin is actually seeking out to deliver his message to. So a connection represents an important relationship with a non-player character. You'll create connections with NPCs, advance those relationships through the course of your, narrat- your narrative, and forge bonds to represent deeper connections. Building and nurturing these rep- relationships will allow you to mark progress on your bonds legacy track and gain experience. Connections also offer narrative benefits appropriate to their role and can support your actions with a mechanical bonus. For now, you have a single connection in the starting sector. You almost certainly know other people here and elsewhere, but you aren't truly connected to these people, or they aren't the focus of your story. You can formalize other relationships by making a connection with them through the course of your adventures. All right, so make the move. Take a look at the make a connection move. Instead of rolling, just assume an automatic strong hit. This connection is already established as you begin your campaign, so no roll is necessary. Okay. When you search out a new relationship or give focus to an existing relationship, not an ally or companion, roll plus heart. All right. On a strong hit, you re, uh, on a strong hit, you create a connection. Give them a roll and a rank. Whenever your connection aids you on a move closely associated with their roll, add plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit. So our connection on this world. Connection's role represents their duty, expertise, or expertise or background. Connection's role can be inspired by your character's background in recent history. Consider making the role specific and nuanced. Roles such as a xenoarchaeologist is more inspiring than researcher. Spice trader is more evocative than merchant. It's okay if a connection's role doesn't provide an obvious benefit for your character. Okay. Why don't we roll on the oracle table? And then depending on the outcome, we can go from there. Because I do have an idea of, you know, potentially this person is connected with whatever the shipbuilding is uh, on this world. But uh, I don't know. They might, they might be somebody else. So I'm going to go ahead and roll a character roll and see what happens. 54, a minor. Okay. It's not really anything jumping out at me as... Like, miner's not really jumping out at me. So I'm going to go ahead and roll again. Courier. Well, I'm a courier. All right, so I'm going to go go ahead and go with my initial kind of thoughts. I'm going to ignore the oracle in this case, and I'm just going to pick shipwright. Uh, because I'm interested in why there's shipbuilding going on in this lawless, sparsely populated, really not very pleasant desert world. And I'm interested to know why my character has a message for that person. So I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and go with that and uh, give the connection a rank. Your ranks connection or your connections rank represents the challenge of advancing the relationship. The higher the rank, the greater the narrative focus and time required to eventually forge a bond with them. Choose a rank appropriate to their role and the level involvement you want them to have in your story. Troublesome, dangerous, formidable, extreme, or epic. Mark their rank on the worksheet. Keep in mind that terms such as dangerous don't describe the nature of this person, rather they define the potential risks and costs associated with the relationship. That said, it's entirely appropriate to create a connection who is also an antagonist. The threads that bind are sometimes frayed. Okay, I think I'm going to give them 
feel like if this is somebody that I know, maybe we can make a little bit of character work here as well and say that my family, which is one of the founder clans, one of the five founder clans uh, that controls um, a lot of stuff, have something to do with shipbuilding. And uh, so maybe this shipbuilder is somebody who was once in their employ and who I knew of uh, when I was a little bit younger. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and go with formidable. I'm kind of going to go middle of the road on what their uh, relationship is. I want them to be important, but I also don't know how much time I'm going to spend here. Although I will say the fact that it's an artificial star constructed by probably the Ascendancy and also there are ruins, I'm probably going to spend a decent amount of time close to or on Rampart. So just going off of that idea, I'm going to say formidable for this. Then for their characteristics, I'm going to roll on the table a few times to see what they're like. We're going to do a couple of first look uh, character roles. We're going to do a character goal and then a few character aspects. So first look Let's rock and roll. 89, weathered. That seems about right. Doubt that you end up out here without uh, getting a little weathered. First one, second one, 94, wiry, okay. And the third one, 67, shrouded. Hmm, mysterious. And then uh, we're going to pick a character goal, 25. Discover a truth. Okay. And then a few aspects. 61. Loving. Interesting. 19. Confident. It's probably why they're out here. And the final one, 94. Violent. Okay. <laughs> Loving, confident, and also violent. Because why not? Home is Rampart. And uh, now we... Let's see, we've got the characteristics, and then choose the connections home. Choose one of the settlements. If you'd like to get them involved in your story right away, place them at the settlement you detailed in step eight. I assumed that's what we were doing anyways, so that's what I did. So yeah, they live on Rampart. And then give your connection a name. I am going to take an extra step here. And uh, knowing that they're loving, confident, but also violent, and their goal is to discover a truth, I wonder, I don't want to make this the uh, like soap opera family experience, but I kind of have a picture in my mind that this is actually a relative of Luke. And uh, I am going to go with uh, she, her, I'm going to go with an Ant. So we're going to do Ant, uh, somebody, Tarquin. And uh, let's see, what's a good, like, Romanesque name? Yeah, Antonia, Aurelia. Ooh, Aurelia, Tarquin. Ooh, that's, yeah, yeah. I've always been a, a fan of Aurelia or Aurelius. So we're going to do uh, good old Auntie Aurelia Tarquin. And maybe. Uh, Poor, poor Luke is not the only one who got himself into trouble and got exiled from the family. And so 
when he saw her name come up on the list of like messages that needed to be delivered, he was like, mm, that's mine. I'll get that one. All right. So next steps, depending on the connection's role and the whims of narrative events, they might serve as a regular patron or associate in your story or as an infrequent acquaintance. As you interact, you can find opportunities to develop your relationship and eventually forge a bond with them. Meanwhile, whenever your connection aids you on a move closely associated with their role, you may add plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit. When you're ready to learn more about connections and building your relationship, go to blah, blah, blah. All right. Now we need a sector trouble. You've heard rumors of a sector-wide peril, conflict, or mystery. Roll on the action and theme oracles for inspiration, or pick, or roll on the table below. Then, use established truths and what you know of this sector thus far to envision how this might manifest. Note the trouble on your sector worksheet or journal. Alright, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just start off by rolling on the, the list here and see what I get. 11. Chaotic breaches in space-time spread like wildfire. Whoa, that's, uh, that's quite a sector issue, but I don't know that that's necessarily something that I want to delve into at the moment. So I'm going to roll again. 89. Sickness spreads among ships and settlements. Um, I'm going to go over and take a look at the action and theme and see if that strikes a, a different uh, call for me. So I'm going to roll on that. 41 is escort and six barrier escort and barrier. Um, hmm. Not really doing it for me either. All right, I'm going to roll one more time on the trouble six. Bonnie hunters search for an infamous fugitive. Heck yeah, let's get some good bounty hunter action and maybe, just maybe, poor Luke will get caught up in that. So, bounty hunters search for an infamous fugitive. And I just want to, I think uh, it should be clear right now that that is not Lucius Tarquin. It might be Aurelia Tarquin. We don't know yet. And then finally, looks like we're going to name the starting sector. Give your sector a name. If you're not sure, roll on the sector name table. All right. Let's take a look and see what we get. I do not see sector name oracle. So unless I'm missing it, which is totally possible, I am going to uh, go ahead and I'm going to roll on uh, theme, the theme title or the descriptor table. Let's start with theme. 92. Truth. All right, well, I've already got this Latin thing going on, so I might as well just lean into it, and let's call this sector Veritas. Works for me. Okay, so just, uh, it looks like that's all of it. So as an overview, uh, we've got the sector name is Veritas in the Outlands. There uh, is a infamous fugitive who's being hunted by bounty hunters. That's the sector-wide trouble. And there are three settlements that we know of so far. One on the desert world, on a, on a desert world um, called Rampart, where our adventure will begin, that is orbiting an artificial star constructed by a long-dead civilization. 
It's toxic. There are vast plateaus, perpetual daylight, uh, sprawling caves, fleeting rainstorms and flash floods, rampaging whirlwinds. Just a really, really great place to go. There are two other settlements. Uh, There's an orbital settlement around a tainted world called Threshold, which focuses on agriculture and evacuation. I'm thinking along the lines of evacuation from the toxic, uh, the, the tainted world. But uh, I don't know. We'll see if we if we make it around to there. And the third settlement is called Lodestar, and it is in deep space, has a population of hundreds. It's oppressive. Their projects are warfare and festival. Um, I'm envisioning them as some sort of like intense, either uh, paramilitary group or like culty group that is out there in the in the dark of space that's just kind of doing their thing trying to take over the world and then uh we also developed a connection uh with a character on uh in in the settlement of rampart uh which we i decided was uh my character's aunt and uh she is uh she looks weathered wiry and shrouded um which I'm not sure if in that instance it's like she has disguised who she is or it's the more literal that she actually like walks around with like a veil over her face, which would make sense being on such a toxic and difficult world. Anyways, her character aspects are she's loving, confident, and also violent. Uh, So I am super excited to meet her. And I think that's it for Session Zero. Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends, family, pets, really anybody about it. And head over to iTunes to leave a review so more people can find me. If you want to follow the show on Twitter... You can find it at Errant Solo Pod. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>